Hello, and welcome to the Brutal Iron Gym Podcast, where our goal is to cut through the BS and deliver the brutal truth about topics related to health and happiness. Today's podcast number 1,879. The topic is training, and the title is Two Exercises to Strengthen Your Bench. Okay, so this is actually a follow-up from a recent podcast just two ago. <laughs> so podcast 1,877 was a Q&A podcast titled Two Exercises to Strengthen Your Squat. Uh, as soon as that one posted, I actually had two people send um, messages saying that they really liked it. So I wanted to follow up pretty quickly with a bench, and then I think I'll do the deadlift as well. So the idea that was mentioned in podcast 1,877, if you haven't listened to it yet, was I have a personal trainer client. We were talking about exercises that would help their clients with squat strength. We wanted specifically exercises that weren't machines, that required minimal setup time, and minimal technique learning. We talk to the reasons why <laughs> uh, in podcast 1877, but I wanted to continue those uh, criteria into today's podcast about two exercises that would strengthen your bench. And again, we're looking for not machines. And this is helpful for anyone training at a home gym or any kind of gym where they're limited with machine selection. We want minimal setup time because that way if you're you're not wasting time in your workout, setting up a million crazy things, or if you have short workout times, this allows you to maximize the workload that you're able to get within that workout time. So for example, that client, they train some clients at 30 minute sessions. So they needed options that could fit within a 30 minute session. And then we want minimal technique learning. That was great for the trainer client because they don't want to spend a lot of time trying to teach the movement. They want the client to be able to get into it and get the benefit right away. And then that would be great for you as well. <laughs> Anybody listening to this, you're going to want something that you can do well and feel confident with relatively quickly. The two exercises that we're going to choose for a bench press, I'm specifically choosing things that... I, I know 100% have helped clients, but they're not things that people typically would choose. So for example, in podcast 1877, one of the two exercises we chose for squat was walking lunges. Walking lunges are great for developing your squat, but people don't do them too often. Partly because they're annoying and challenging and difficult to do, and you get winded quickly, so people are just uncomfortable doing them, uh, but they're great. So I wanted to pick two exercises today that kind of fit the same mold is they're not something that people typically do when they're thinking of building their bench press, but I know for a fact have helped and I wanted to share that. <laughs> so the first exercise we're going to pick is chest flies. Anytime somebody gets done barbell benching, they typically go to a dumbbell bench variation or heavy dips. They go to just more presses. They, they get done pressing and they go to more pressing. One of the benefits of doing chest flies is the chest is one of the main movers of a bench press. Even if you use a narrow tricep dominant grip when you bench, you're still going to need your chest to be super strong uh, to participate in the lift and stabilize the lift, especially coming off the chest. When the bar is at the bottom of the movement, whether you have a wide grip, whether you have a narrow grip, your chest is going to be extremely stretched in that position. And often you're going to be limited in your explosiveness or power off the chest 
if the chest muscle itself is weak. I, for example, have short upper arm bones, so my triceps take over when I do presses. I, I can actually build my triceps very big, um, you know, relative speaking, uh, without doing direct tricep work. So I've had 20-inch arms where I don't even do an arm isolation day. <laughs> like, I, I might do tricep press downs once a week. Most of my tricep work is just pressing variations, and I've built 20-inch arms out of that. So I've been very lucky in the sense that the short upper arm bone feature of my anatomy allows me to have good triceps, but it makes it really freaking hard to grow my chest. So my chest workouts are actually two fly variations, then a press, and then sometimes I'll even finish with another fly, <laughs> depending on if I have the variety of equipment available. So if I'm at a gym that they have a um, you know chest fly machine, I usually start with high reps on that. I'll then go to cable crossovers. I'll then go into dumbbell presses, and then I'll finish sometimes with dumbbell flies. So that would be a very common workout for me if the gym has the chest fly machine cable crossover function. If it doesn't have those machines, then I'll typically will do some type of isolated dumbbell fly where I have like my feet up on the bench or something that's challenging the positioning of it so that way I can't go too heavy. I'll do a dumbbell fly, then I'll go into heavy presses, and then sometimes I'll even go back to the dumbbell flies, but with my feet on the ground and some kind of stronger position, just crank out a couple extra sets. So since I have a short upper arm bone, it's gonna be very hard for me to grow my chest. If you have that same anatomy, one of the limitations in your bench press might be a weak chest since the chest isn't going to be maximally stimulated by pressing due to these short upper arm bones. So this is really helpful. When I write programming for clients, I know their anatomy, so I will choose exercise selections and orders based on what's best for their anatomy as well as their, their weaknesses that we know of. Uh, so it's very important to understand this stuff because it makes your programming just that much more effective. I went off tangent there, <laughs> off track, but hopefully all that was good to hear. So chest flies would be a great exercise uh, to add uh, to help your bench press. Now the variations I do is we're going to be looking at dumbbell and kettlebells. So yes, you can actually do chest flies with kettlebells. The fun part of that is the weight is outside of the wrists. So it, it adds like that continual tension even as you go towards the top of the motion. 99.9% .9 of the time, though, I do flies with dumbbells. Uh, then we'll do it with cables because it still has some stability component to it. But we were trying to choose not machine-based options. So dumbbells and kettlebells would work great. If you have cables, they work really well, similar to what a free weight would feel like. Um, uh, you can do machine chest flies, and I, actually do, I absolutely do use those in clients' programming. But I tend to use those for more higher rep kind of like warm up or like stretch components. I don't typically do those heavy. Uh, I, I like to have the stability factor involved whenever we're doing heavier type flies. Uh, it, it leads to better growth and better technique. So that would be the variations we play with in terms of implements, but you can also do different angles. You can do a slight decline, you can do flat, you can do a slight incline. Uh, we'll play with stabilization components, whether we have our feet on the ground or feet up on the bench. There's all like these little variations that can apply to where you can do different chest flies for easily six different programs. Uh, so like my clients, they get brand new programs every four weeks. So you would have six months of different flies 
and then you'd repeat that six months if you wanted to in the second half of the year and try to hit PRs compared to the first half of the year. So the first half, you're having fun learning variations. The second half of the year, you're having fun crushing PRs. So you can very easily set up a full one year of programming that includes flies, but not feel bored to death with it. Now, when do we do flies? So workout placement is after bench press, and I typically do them before another pressing accessory. So if I was gonna do like bench press and then dips, I would do bench press, then flies, then dips. So I tend to do the flies immediately after the pressing because then anything else you go into, the chest is pre-damaged, so it's a pre-exhaust component, and you get more chest stress and stimulus out of the secondary presses if the chest has already been isolated and damaged. So we would do our bench pressing, then you do the flies, then you do any other type of uh, pressing accessories. The sets and reps, I will typically do three to six working sets. If it's six working sets, I'm usually doing two different variations of flies. So three to six working sets of between six to 20 reps. I have gone as heavy as six reps on flies before. You gotta be very careful and very strict with technique. So that's more of an advanced type of rep range. But I've also gone as high as 20 reps. And usually I'm dancing between that eight to 12, kind of that sweet range in there. Uh, but six to 20 is normal stuff for me to use in uh, client programming. So exercise one would be chest flies. Exercise two, is a cross body tricep extension. I want you to think of skull crushers with dumbbells. So if you lay down, if you don't know what a skull crusher is, uh, you can go like pause the podcast, go to YouTube, type dumbbell skull crusher. It's a lying tricep extension. Uh, just called a skull crusher because that's like the kind of colloquial name that is more popular. But a lying tricep extension. And if we do it with dumbbells, you're going to have a neutral grip meaning your palms are gonna face each other. What I like to do though, is instead of a typical skull crusher where you bring the dumbbell down to your ear. So if I'm in my right hand, I'm gonna be bringing it down to the right ear. Now, if I do both arms, it kind of makes sense uh, because each one goes on each side of the head. However, I like to do cross body tricep extensions. What this means is we're only gonna do one arm at a time If I am laying on a bench and I have my arm up in the air, like at the top of a a skull crusher, rather than lowering, if if the dumbbell is in my right hand, rather than lowering it to my right ear, I actually want to lower it towards the left side of my face. So to not smash myself in the face, I tend to look to the side. So if I'm laying on a bench, the dumbbell is in my right arm, I'm going to look to the right. I'm actually doing that now, so hopefully the sound doesn't get messed up. But I'm going to look to the right. I'm going to, it's like I'm going to look at my right shoulder. I'm then going to lower the dumbbell towards my left ear or like down towards my neck. The reason why this is very helpful is the rotation angle of the upper arm is very similar to what it is in the bench press. So if you think of when you bench press, if you mimic that same arm angle, like rotation, If you do a typical skull crusher, your arm has to actually rotate to where your elbow is pointing towards your hips. But that's not where your elbow points when you bench press. So the elbow when you bench press is at like a 45 degree angle and you can play with it and say 60 degrees and blah, blah, blah. But it's more in that 45 to 60 degree angle. So when you do a cross face or a cross body tricep extension, 
you're mimicking that same rotational position of the upper arm. So the tricep work is more specific to how the triceps operate in the bench press. The triceps is, is like, seps is Latin for muscle. Uh, tri is three. So there's three muscles of the triceps. You have uh, a short inner head, the long head on the back of the arm, and then that outside head of the tricep, which people call the horseshoe, which is a weird term because it doesn't look like a horseshoe, but it kind of sticks out. It's that nubby kind of mountain thing on the side of your arm if you have well-developed triceps. So when, we, when we're doing tricep movements, if you do a typical skull crusher, you're going to work the long head of the tricep and that like horseshoe part, that outer portion. But when we bench press, you use a lot of that little inner short head of the tricep. So when you do a cross body or a cross face tricep extension, you get way better recruitment of that short little head of the triceps. So that way it, it transfers more so to the bench press strength. So I like it due to that angle issue uh, and also the stability component. You have to stabilize your upper arm to do that movement, which is exactly how you have to stabilize to do a bench press. So it has a lot of strengthening impact as well as stabilization impact. So tons of benefits there, love that movement. Variations of that, obviously if it's a dumbbell, we're, we're pretty much stick with dumbbells. You could try to do a kettlebell, but you're gonna have more wrist problems and forearm problems than you would a tricep problem. So I would stick with dumbbells, but you can do it at a slight decline, you can do it flat, you can do a slight incline. So you can play within like, you know, 15 degree decline, flat, 15 degree incline. And then that allows you a little bit of variety to play around with those. Um, I have done them like facing away from a cable station. I just don't like that as much because your body's not as stable. So you can sit like a half back bench in front of a cable station, make the cable, you know, angled above your head, blah, 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 blah. But that takes forever to set up. So I just like grabbing a dumbbell, laying on a bench and get going. So that is the best tricep movement that translates to a bench press if you're talking about isolation tricep movements. Then workout placement, this is like the last thing you do in a bench press workout. It's pretty much at the end. Sets and reps, three to four working sets of 12 to 20 reps. I tend not to go too heavy on this because since it is at the end of the workout, uh, your joints and muscles are already damaged and beat up. And if you go too heavy on this, you're going to run into like a little bit of like inflammational uh, issues and kind of like uh, pain issues with the tricep tendon through the elbow joint. So I like higher repetition, 12 to 20 reps, and that is still plenty heavy enough to get a good uh, strengthening stimulus. And if you don't believe me, try it. <laughs> and if you wanted to dip, dip down, you know, to 8 to 12 reps, sure. Just make sure you test it out and try it first at 12 to 20. Get familiar with the movement, and then you can go down to 8 to 12. It really depends on what other type of accessories you're doing. So if you're just going to do bench press, then chest flies, then this tricep extension, then heck yeah, you can go very heavy on it, maybe even like 6 to 10 reps. But if you're doing, you know, dips included in the workout or an extra barbell press or extra dumbbell presses, you probably don't need heavy tricep isolation if you've done two types of presses in the workout. Cool. Okay. So I thought that was fun to share. If you like this type of stuff, let me know. I would be happy to share more things in this uh, category of podcasts. So check out in two or three more podcasts, I'll be doing the two exercises to strengthen your deadlift so you can hear about those. Okay, 
If you want any more information, just shoot me an email, brutalironjim at gmail.com if you have any questions or anything. If you want to talk about programming and possibly being a client, I'm offering free 15-minute consultations right now. You can sign up via email, brutalironjim at gmail.com, or you can check it out on our website. You can go to the www.brutalironjim.com, go to one-on-one services page. On there is a link that you can uh, sign up for the 15-minute consultation. I hope to hear from you, whether it's for client work or a suggestion for the podcast or anything. I'm always happy to hear from people. Uh, cool. Okay. Well, if you like the podcast, please share the podcast. If you like the podcast, please consider donating to support the podcast, which you can do on our website. Also, if you like the information we share in the podcast, you can find more from us on our social media channels. You can find us and follow us on Instagram and YouTube under the name Brutal Iron Jim. As always, I hope this was helpful and thank you for listening.